the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of many things, including lepers, as we'll see today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Welcome to the broadcast today. It's our summer series featuring the teaching staff at Grace Bible Church. Stephen Clough is our teacher today in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. The honorable lessons from the Lord of lepers. Here's Stephen now with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Today I want to talk to you about a subject. It's entitled, Honorable Lessons from the Lord of Lepers. Honorable Lessons from the Lord of Lepers. The author, as some of us do know, is Luke. And according to Colossians chapter 4, he is called a physician. And he also is a historian. And the audience, the audience is an audience of one, literally. He is writing to, in his testimony, to a man who is a Gentile dignitary. His name is Theophilus. Theophilus. And Theophilus, his name actually means friend of God. His name means friend of God, or some would say loved by God. And Luke, in his account, he writes a treatise. A treatise. This is one of a two-part magnum opus, a Magna Carta. That he writes, and he writes an orderly account, an orderly account, an accurate and detailed and historical account of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ from the cradle to the grave, from the grave to glory. This is his account to Theophilus. And his aim, and if you are aware of what I'm talking about, I'm really just opening up with Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. His aim, his aim and objective for writing this orderly account to Theophilus is to edify him and to evangelize him. It is so that he might know, according to verse 4 of Luke chapter 1, that you might know the certainty of those things wherein you have been instructed, so that he might have a fitting and a faithful and a fuller experiential acquaintance with Christ and of Christ, 
to be fully acquainted in discerning and confidently recognizing Christ to be who he really is. He desires for him to have a contact knowledge, an intimate covenantal communion with the Lord Jesus Christ, a fuller knowledge, an added knowledge than what he already has. He is about his edification. He is about instructing him that he might grow in the grace and in the knowledge of him. And here's the application to this. Though we have a human author, and his name is Luke, which his name means light giving, we have behind the human author, the divine author, who actually is seeking to shed light of the knowledge of the gospel the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ to all of those who are Theophiluses. Question is, are you a friend of God? Are you loved by God? Are you a friend of God? These are legitimate questions to ask ourselves. We would like to think that we're friends of God. We would like to think that we're loved of God. But let me tell you, not everyone is God's friend. And not everyone is loved by God. That's why the question is important. Not everyone's a friend. Does God have enemies? He has enemies, right? He does. James chapter 2 verse 23. This is what... The word of God says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called what? The friend of God. Question. Remember, I asked, are you a friend of God? Do you believe the gospel? Right. Do you believe the gospel like faithful Abraham, who was called the friend of God? And in John chapter 15, verse 13 through 15, very interesting. Here's what our Lord says. He says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his what? Then he qualifies who are his friends. And he says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Interesting. Not only am I asking, do you believe the gospel, but do you obey the Lord of the gospel? And if you continue, it says, henceforth, I call you no more servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. A servant has not had the gospel revealed to him. Rather, the gospel is concealed to them. Then he says, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. The truth of the gospel has been revealed to his friends. Do you know him? Do you know him? 
Do you obey Him? Do you trust Him? And if so, you have been given the honor of being called friends of God and are loved by God. You are therefore called to grow in this relationship by a fuller knowledge of our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, weren't we once enemies? We once were enemies. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it says, Remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, like Theophilus, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22, it says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. God knows how to win his enemies. Because he won you, right? God knows how to overcome his enemies. Because he overcame some of us. And my prayer is that God would overcome anyone here today that is presently an enemy of God, that they too might be a friend of God. That they might be a friend of God. But God is also making a general call to his enemies among mankind. He is saying to them that you need to be reconciled to God. Accept the conditions of peace he provides by the gospel. So he, the author, is seeking to edify and to evangelize. And let this thought of once being an enemy... Of God, to becoming a friend of God, be the very thing that helps us segue into our text for today. For our beloved historian and physician calls the Theophiluses who are subject to his treaties in Luke chapter 5, verse 12, he says, Behold, behold, behold. In verse 12, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, behold. Anytime we see the term behold, the author is calling for those who are the readers, those who are the seers, those who are the listeners of his treaties to pay close and careful attention to the subject that proceeds. Because it is very important to our learning. He is alerting the audience. He's alerting the audience of his book, of his testimony, to raise their attention 
to one who will actually serve as an allegory or as a sign of deeper and more profound spiritual realities that are true for all of mankind. So that he can showcase and he can highlight an aspect of God's glory in Christ and our constant need for him. Amen. And so we have in our text, he says, behold, a man full of leprosy, a man full of leprosy. Point number one in your outline, a careful observation of the wretched condition of the miserable leper. A careful observation. See, one of the um, first principles of homiletics that we've been taught when it comes to studying your Bible and when it comes to, to really getting a handle on what the Word of God actually says, the first principle is observation. We're called to observe the text and just see what the text actually says. We're called to um, occupy the role right now of a physician because he's using that kind of a language where you're looking at one that has been examined, one that has been inspected. Because in the Old Testament, this is, this is what priests did. Even in the New Testament um, times, the priests inspected those who actually had skin disease. And if they had, if, if they had certain things that, that met the requirement of the disease, they would declare them to be leprous. And we're looking upon this leper. And he wants us to key in on one fundamental thing. That this leper is not just any ordinary leper. This leper is full of leprosy. It's just like, uh, you know, knowing um, the, the, the difference between HIV and, um, and AIDS, full-blown AIDS. He has full-term leprosy. It is at its most advanced stage. As he is looking upon this person that has been declared to be a leper. And in your outline, sub point A, it's a bacterial plague deeper than the skin. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13. Let's read a couple of uh, things here because this is where in the law where we get to learn a little bit about leprosy. In Leviticus chapter 13, verse 3, this is what we read. I'll start at, uh, I'll start at verse 1, actually. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron, the priest, or unto one of his sons, the priest. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of, the, of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. 
And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him what? Unclean. Unclean. Jump to verse 7. In verse 7, verse 7 and 8. It says, But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin, after that he hath been seen of the priests for his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priests again. And if the priests see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him what? It is a leprosy. It is a leprosy. Jump to verse 44. Verse 44. I'll start at verse 43. It says, Then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head, or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appear in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man, he is unclean, the priest shall pronounce him what? Utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. In verse 45, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean! Unclean! This, this disease, this plague... It is, it is a flesh-eating disease. Spreading skin legions over time throughout the body. Now remember, he has full-term leprosy. I want you to know that leprosy also, what it does behind the scenes, since we have advanced in, in terms of uh, science and technology, they're able to look behind the visible manifestation, the scaliness of the skin. Because what you will see on the skin is you will see legions, you will see boils, you'll see putrefying sores that will eat away the flesh, causing holes in the head and in the arms and so on and so open wounds and scabs and and it's all over the person's body but behind what's going on what we actually come to discover is that leprosy is actually a paralysis of one's sensory eye motor and autonomic nerves there's an article called leprosy explained and it says this Leprosy does not affect the central nerve system, nervous system. However, it can affect the sensory, peripheral, motor, and autonomic nerves in the following ways. Sensory nerve damage. When the sensory nerves are damaged, they cannot register pain. You know pain's a gift, right? Pain is a gift. That sensation's taken away. This leaves the extremities of the hands and feet vulnerable to burns and injuries that can result in loss of fingers, toes, hands, and feet. The eye nerve damage, when the eye is affected, it can lead to blindness, particularly if the person does not know how to prevent injury due to dust or other irritants. Motor nerve damage, when the motor nerves are involved, Various forms of paralysis can occur, such as drooped foot, drooped wrist, clawed hand, and leave your eye stuck open. I don't want to say the word, it's a long term, 
but where the eyes cannot close and autonomic nerve damage. This can cause hair loss and can affect the ability to sweat, leaving the skin dry and cracked and exposed to secondary infections. You guys hear this? And this person is full of leprosy. He might be blind. He might have some limbs gone. You know, when the sensation of pain is taken away, a leper can be sleep, sleep, and a rat can gnaw at his finger. And he will not know that it's gone until he wakes up. This condition of leprosy, this plague of leprosy, it was pandemic. It was pandemic all throughout Israel, historically. And you know our Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 4, as he was giving his sermon, after he read from Isaiah, he says there were many lepers in the days of Elijah. But to none of them were healed, except who? Naaman, the leper, the Syrian. But what's most important about this plague is that when someone, when, when, when the priest examined one that had leprosy, they pronounced him unclean, and then he was banished, exiled. He was banished. He was declared unclean, and he was separated. If you're in Leviticus, if you turn back to Leviticus 13, I'll just read one verse, and that's verse 46. In Leviticus 13:46, this is what it says. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell, what? Alone. Alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. He is banished into the realm of darkness, into the domain of death. He is separated from the covenant community of God's people and he is separated from the presence of God. These that had leprosy, they were like, they were considered dead. They were considered dead. And yet, while they were living, they were like dead corpse or a live corpse decaying to death. Like The Walking Dead, if you guys know anything about that. There's a, there's a, a book, and it's called The Colony. A harrowing true story of the exiles of Molokai. John Taman, he, he chronicles a dark chapter in Hawaiian history. When thousands of lepers were forced to live on a remote island separated from their families and doomed to live out their last days in deplorable conditions. Their sickness was ruled an illegal act. Their rights were stripped and they were considered living corpse. In fact, one of the, qu- one of the quotes that is in this book, it says, the patients were judged to be civilly dead. Their spouses granted summary divorces and their wills executed as if they were already in the grave. I think we got it. 
This is a grand picture of our sinful condition and our sin, our sentence to death. Remember what happened with our parents. After they sinned, after, the, after Adam ate from the tree, the Lord says, now man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Lest he stretch forth his hand, grab of the tree and eat and live forever. Therefore, what did he do? He banished him from the garden. Banished him. We were banished. We inherited a corrupt and a sinful nature. I know that we dress up and we put on makeup and we put on cologne and perfume and all these different things, but the Lord sees the heart. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. You can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510 886 9782 or stop by our website grace-bible.com we do thank you for spending time with us today trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of way of grace with pastor jessica stan three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.